At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, this is the Lombardi Line, as we say. Happy Sunday and the last regular day of the college basketball season. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We say good morning, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Patrick. Good to be back with you. Hope all is well. I'm excited for uh, let's get started on the tournament. You know, let's get ready to go. The, I mentioned the last uh, day of the regular season. Yesterday, the party was I guess it was spoiled right there at Cameron Indoor. The, the pomp and circumstance was all over the place. They're so I mean, they had 12 hours leading up to the tip. And then all of a sudden, North Carolina avenges their 20 point loss at home. 94 yeah. 81 over Duke. And it was, you know, 55 second half points from North Carolina where they shot 59 percent. They were awesome in that second half. Which, you know, and Duke's supposed to be much better on defense. And I, I think sometimes when you're in these situations where, you know, you take for granted that you're supposed to win or you think that you're supposed to be the best team. And, you know, because you're playing at home and because you're playing a team that, you know, this is Coach K's last game, you know, that it's going to just be easy for you to walk away and do it. And I think ultimately they learned that their lesson. And it could be a great lesson as you prepare for the tournament. I mean, it's, you know, look at, look at Arkansas yesterday. They get, they dig a deep, deep hole, have guys get in foul trouble, and they rally back and they fall a little bit short. Will that propel them as they get into the conference tournament, and then when they get into the other, they get into the uh, NC2A tournament? So, you know, losses like this, I think they can alert you to kind of waking up. Like we got to bring our A game all the time. Yeah, you mentioned Arkansas. They were catching five and a half at Tennessee, so they do cover. Tennessee finished the season a perfect sixteen and zero at home. Auburn, who won the SEC yesterday by beating South Carolina, Michael, also finished 16-0 at home. But I, I thought that Arkansas-Tennessee game was fascinating just because at one point, Arkansas was down 24. And, right. you know, Note hit a big bucket late to cut it to singles. But, you know, it's almost like Musselman takes something from that. You know, they're going to get a double yep. buy in the SEC tournament. So there's something to take out of that Arkansas loss even. No, no doubt. I mean, I think, you know, look, the, the, the thing I think I took from it was the fact that they, they didn't quit. They didn't give up. You know, it was going to be a hard game to play. It was going to be a challenging game, especially, you know, I was, you know, you, you know, as you know, I was at the University of Missouri. So I was fortunate enough to spend some time around 
some of the, the football coaches there, but also the University of Georgia was playing basketball there yesterday afternoon, and they had suffered a 10-point loss to the Missouri Tigers. But in talking to some of the basketball coaches on both sides, Georgia, I mean, everybody, I asked everybody that I talked to who the best three teams in the Southeast Conference, and Tennessee was always one of the three teams. Tennessee was one of those three teams. And so, you know, to go on the road and to play them there, uh, you know, they, they think they're one, of, they're one of the best players in the conference, the guy they bring off the bench. Yeah, they you and, know, so. and Tony didn't play for Arkansas. He's not going to play in the SEC tournament either. So that's a, that was a, in, in the in the backcourt that was lost for them. But Tennessee's tremendous. Those are two great defensive teams, Michael. Arkansas and Tennessee, yeah. and they can both rebound as well. No, no doubt. So I, I think when you look at this, I think you see it. I, I think there's, you know, look, it's not a, it's not a bad loss. It's a loss that you have to build on and get into the tournament and see where that that is going to seed you and what's going to happen with that. Yeah, the top four there in the SEC get a double bye, so they'll enter the quarters in the SEC tournament. This is obviously conference championship week coming up with the final Sunday of the regular season today. But just to backtrack quickly on, I don't know if you saw the post game did. with Duke, I, just between you and I, I honestly thought it was awkward. Um, yeah. We, I, and I understand the loss contributed to the awkwardness, but I thought it was a little, it was very dookie. You know what I mean? It was all so over the top and demonstrative yeah. and just um, self-indulgent, I guess is Good the word. way to put it. Is that okay? Am I being yeah, kind? I mean, <laughs> I, I think, did you read the right Thompson piece before? He's a great writer. I didn't read it, though. Wright wrote a piece about Krzyzewski before, the, 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 and I read it on the airplane flying over. And there is a little bit of that, that you know, he's going to hold some grudges. I mean, there's some, yes. some things that I think that goes on in his, you know, he still has, a, he and Coach Knight, for whatever reason, haven't, and, and a lot of it, according to the column, is based on Coach Knight more than it is Coach K. So, but I think there is a lot of things that go into this. I find it fascinating, though, when, when I was doing some reading after reading the column was, you know, when, when he gets the job from Army, I think he, he won nine games. He was 9-16 at Army the year he comes down to Duke. And his first three years at Duke are, are really bad. Went to the NIT his first year and then didn't go to, the, didn't go to a tournament or anything until his third, fourth year. And, and the guy they should honor is Butters, the athletic director, who him. was there before. They kept him. They kept him. Yeah. I mean, had had Coach K been in this situation, had he been in this time with Twitter, with the, the message boards, with all that, you know, I, I think it would have been very challenging for him to to be able to go through three seasons and then become the great coach of all time. No, you laid it out well. So an assistant for a year at Indiana, Knight gets him the job at Army, then Knight got him the job at Duke. Knight, who always feels slighted, as you know, and is a brilliant coach, but Knight along the way with Krzyzewski, Krzyzewski was always the pupil. And the irony right. was yesterday, you know, there was a run in, I think, in 96 at a tournament where Krzyzewski really felt hurt, and he was found crying by Mike Bray. And Mike Bray, now the coach, longtime coach at Notre Dame, but Mike Bray was an assistant for Krzyzewski at Duke. Well, Bray came up to him and said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I, the coach is mad at me again. He said, you got to get over this. Mike Bray says to Krzyzewski. And ever since then, and there was another incident, he might have said it in the Wright Thompson piece, at a golf course where Knight once again made a statement of ignoring Krzyzewski. And Krzyzewski then said, to your original point with grudges, never again. 
never yep. again. And they haven't spoken since. They haven't spoken in 10 plus years. Yeah. So, I, I mean, look, I, I did t it, when I saw the non handshake, it almost after reading the stuff, it didn't surprise me. So, was that him in the handshake line that ignored? Hubert Davis, because I thought it was an I, assistant. the way I saw it. Now, I could be wrong. The way I saw it on Twitter again, it's on Twitter. So, you know, I don't know if he ignored him or because I, I thought I saw Hubert Davis's face like, what? Are you kidding me? You're not going to shake my hand. Yeah, you're right. And I was trying to I was like, this is a Bruder film today. I was like, is that Krzyzewski <laughs> or is that an assistant? Because to your point and when he came out and almost like randomly walked up to the mic and said, this is not a part of the program, but that was unacceptable today. It was like every part of that was surreally weird. I don't know. Yeah. Even did you notice how with the, with the, with the videotape, they ended with him standing on a balcony, like he's Rapunzel yeah. or something. Like he was standing on a balcony. He's like, Duke, this is the best place ever. And it was like, what? It was so awkward. But what I didn't realize is he, in that six-floor tower that he works in, he has the whole sixth floor to himself. He's the king, man. He, he listen, the whole, all he kidding comes aside. out his office, he takes a right, he takes another right, and he goes downstairs to the fifth floor, and that's where all the coaches' offices are. Now, when the new coach comes in, the sixth floor is going to stay Coach K's offices, and they're going to remodel the fifth floor, and that's where the new head coach is going to go. That will be a very challenging job. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to lay out his clothes like on the chair so you can't even sit in the chair. Look, here's the thing. He's never your friend, Larry Brown. Shashevsky, even amongst coaches, he, he's discussed he's never going to be known as an offensive tactician. He's not like the coach's coach. But what he has done is consistently practice and preach defense. And he's a culture builder. I mean, you, you yep. nailed it. It was an inauspicious start there. He was going to get fired. Yep. The, everybody within the organization wanted him to go, the boosters and everybody. And the, the AD at the time kept him around. And Johnny Dawkins and Billis, that class launched Coach K as we know today. Yeah, no doubt. So I asked all these coaches, I said, like, who's the best team in the Southeast Conference? And, you know, who's the best team in the country? You know, because I think this all plays into what we experienced last weekend. And I was I was asking them, quizzing them about all the the teams, and and they kept giving me, you know, everybody on one side thinks that Tennessee, it, it, the Southeast Conference is Tennessee, Auburn, and and Kentucky, and then a lot of people felt like it's really Auburn's the best team, that Auburn has the best team, LSU has the most talent, Tennessee is right there, and then over the in the country. There was a lot of Gonzaga support in the room. Yeah, LSU beat Alabama. Auburn beat South Carolina to win the conference outright. You mentioned Kentucky had a great win on the road. Florida was on is on the bubble. They were squarely on the bubble yesterday when Kentucky went down there. Kentucky's healthy now. Kentucky's a scary team, as you mentioned. The SEC is brutal. It is. Br yeah. You know, all those teams won at home. It was 16 and 0 for Auburn, 16 and 0 for Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky may have lost one at home. All those big dogs lost nothing at home, so it was absolutely a gauntlet to run through the SEC. Um, but, but we have such we have such a great opportunity in the next two weeks. I mean, this is there's really, 
you know, and I push back on the Gonzaga thing and about how, you know, are they really going to be ready to play and, and uh, or how good are they? And, you know, the couple of the coaches were like, look, they, they going into St. Mary's, I think that was a signature. That was, that's a hard place to play. That'll toughen them up for the tournament. So there was a lot of support there. But the, to me, what was really surprising is how highly everyone thought of Auburn. And like, I thought Auburn was kind of tailing off a little bit. I, I totally agree with you. I'm not. I'm with you. I'm not as high on them. I will say this: the first to punch their ticket out of the Ohio Valley, Murray State. Who is that good for? Yesterday, that's good for bubble teams because Murray State was going to be an at-large team. So when a conference a champion becomes when they win the tournament and they steal an at-large, like if they lost to Moorhead State, Moorhead State would have stolen an at-large bid yesterday, but right, Murray State right. is in. So that's that's good for these at these bubble teams, which we can come back and discuss here. But that was big, Murray State. And then you're going to have the finals of the Big South today and the Missouri Valley. Drake Loyola Chicago is a tremendous matchup in the Missouri Valley. So just getting started. I just, I was a little scared to, to ask you if you thought it was awkward, but because <laughs> I was sitting at my home at home by myself, like, am I being judgmental? I was, I, well, I, I mean, I watched Hubert Davis's face. I was like, oh my God, what happened here? <laughs> we'll get into the teams right in that bubble and start capping today's action here next Lombardi line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, encourage you to get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSEN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday. That's Selection Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on vcin.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The vcin College Hoop experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Very important come tournament time. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one of tournament betting with VSIN's College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern time, free on vsin.com. So if you remember the Super Bowl coverage here on VSIN, 
that's essentially what we've got for the uh, college basketball tournament. And for me, and, and we talked about it, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. I like the conference. I almost like the conference tournaments better just because of the familiarity as far as a better, Michael, which we're coming up on right now, obviously. Uh, but the NCAA tournament, I mean, it was a wide open tournament last year. And if last year was wide open, this year yeah. is absolutely. And your point about Gonzaga as well, too. I'd be curious. What did the other coaches say when you brought up your maybe dubiousness when it came to Gonzaga? I, I think one of the coaches that had been in the West was was probably more inclined to think that they are battle tested, knowing the Mountain West is 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 still has some good teams, and certainly going into San Francisco or St. Mary's. But I, I do think that a lot of it's going to be dependent upon the seating and who has who they have to play to get through there. Yeah, and what that is. But they are. They are so talented. They're international. Their their uh, players improve. I mean, I guess their facilities are magnificent. And so, you know, there's really no excuse that, that their level of play should be able to. I think a lot of it is going to be if they have to play one of those tough teams, you know, in the, you know, say they put all, say that, well, Auburn might be a one, but say they put Auburn as a two out there. You know, and now you got to get through Auburn to get there or you got to get through Kansas to get there. Those are the hard ones, you know. I think that's the challenge. I think the seedings are going to be really, really important and, and how it pairs up. I mean, the, they, will, they would probably get the lowest number two seed of the twos. Isn't that correct? Yes. And they, by the way, you just talked about Gonzaga, WCC, they don't even get going. I mean, they've had like an eight-day break. I don't think they play until – goodness, maybe a couple days from now. So Gonzaga and St. Mary's, who had that double bye, they don't get going. And so they've had a ton yeah. of rest. Um, you know, it's I mean, look, Ken Palm, Ken Palm has three teams from the WCC in his top 21. Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and San Francisco. He's got San Francisco ranked higher than Alabama, higher than Ohio State, higher than Wisconsin. So, you know, as much as I say the level of comp, I don't see it, you know, based on empirical data that is really non-biased, he's got them fairly high. So I think you've got to take that into consideration, especially as you handicap your tournament. Yeah, it's well put. I think what hurt San Francisco is on a national scale, the one game everybody saw was Gonzaga going up to San yeah. Fran and pummeling them in the second half. I'd be straight yep. up with you, Michael. I wouldn't, I would, if we were to cap San Francisco and uh, Wisconsin, I'd have Wisconsin beating them uh, by seven or eight. But Me um, too. But I respect the rankings. As far as, as you mentioned, Ken Palm. The, the team that's interesting is Alabama has 12 losses on the season. You know, Texas has 10. LSU has 10. And Texas is, is 15th in the country, according to the, the numerical data. And LSU's 17th. I mean, that's a lot of losses to have up there in the top. Yeah. You know, where, whereas you talk about Murray State, Murray State only has two losses. They got 30 wins. And, that, you know, they, we know they won the Ohio Valley Conference. So, you know, that, I mean, when you have 12 losses, and I think Alabama's really on a uh, – there's an arrow down on Alabama, don't you think? Well, they lost at home on Wednesday, I believe it was to A&M, at home they did. where they, they, they were listed. And that wasn't a game. No, 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 they had 19 game. turnovers. I mean, A&M came out of nowhere to beat them in that game. They were, they were out-rebounded at home. Um, 
Oates was pissed after the game. They had 19 turnovers. I think he nailed it with Alabama. And Alabama lost LSU yesterday. Uh, speaking of, there was a threat. That Texas and Kansas game in Lawrence was a thriller yesterday. Back and forth. Kansas does hold on to win. Although struggling down the stretch, they shared the Big 12 title with Baylor. And Baylor beat Iowa State yesterday. Baylor, that's the team. You know, Baylor doesn't go deep. We've discussed Baylor ad nauseum. But they're getting Cryer back. They're, they're not, yep. They don't go deep. But that is a team that can... That, you know, I think they're the third betting favorite right now to, win, to cut down the nets. So that's a legit team out of the Big 12. With You see the 75-68 win over Iowa State yesterday. No doubt. I mean, look, you, and, they, and they're battle-tested. I mean, the one thing you go, to, you go seven, eight deep, these guys are in great shape. They get, you know, they're going to go eight deep. They know what their rotations are. There's nobody hesitating about who's playing and how they're going to play. They already know that. They've got it figured out. And they're battle-tested. Absolutely. Murray State, by the way, they're going to jump up a conference. They're going to jump to the Missouri Valley, which is a very good conference next year, but they did win the Ohio Valley yesterday. Mentioned that's good news for the bubble teams. Let's discuss a couple of these bubble teams. I know Steven has a graphic that shows four. There's more than four, and one of those in action today, obviously, Ohio State's going to be hosting Michigan. Michigan is a mercurial team. Obviously, no Juwan Howard still, Michael, but they go win-loss, 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 and really the stand for an at-large bid is four games above 500. I'll put it this way. It, it doesn't mean you're going to get an at-large bid from the selection committee, but for the most part, historically, you got to be about five games, uh, four games above 500. And you see Michigan sitting there at 16 and three. Yeah, 16 and 13. 16 and, they, and 13, and pardon got, me. And they've got to go to Ohio State today, which, you know, Martelli will take the, still coaching the team. You know, just when you think that they're, they were going to turn it around, they're so inconsistent. I, I, I got to be honest, Patrick. I don't know where Lenardi has them, but I can't see them as a, as a make the tournament team. I really can't. Not at, Even if they go 17, if they win the Big Ten in the tournament play, then okay, go ahead. But I can't see that. Everybody's dancing. When I say dancing with Michigan, it's one has them on the bubble, one has them first four in, last four out, that type of thing. They got killed by Iowa at home on senior night. I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday, which was a terrible loss for them. Um, if they beat Ohio State today, I think that helps them a lot. To your point, it doesn't make them a lock. But if they beat a ranked Ohio State team on senior day, this is going to be an early tip there at Ohio State. I think you, what you said earlier about Murray State taking uh, eliminating an out-large bid, I think that's really going to be dependent upon uh, uh, Michigan. I mean, if, if it gets a little tight, Stephen just whispered in my ear that Lenardi has in. them as the yep. last four in. So, I mean, look, they get in. Maybe they become UCLA if they have to play their way into this thing. And they become UCLA and they kind of hit it and, and, and become really good. I doubt that. I don't see it. I think they're just their inconsistencies continue to show up. The other inconsistent team is Memphis. I mean, on talent alone, you would think Memphis should be able to get in. But, you know, they have so much inconsistency all through it. They got to play Houston now, you know, the final game of the year. I think if they beat Houston, don't you feel like they're in? Oh, yeah, because they've been on a heater. I think they've won eight of nine. You, you keep on harping on it, and I think it's right to harp on it. Anthony Hardaway's got a ton of talent down at Memphis. They've underachieved, but they've gotten hot here. Remember, they beat Houston once earlier this year, and they're going to be hosting Houston. Houston's already wrapped up the American. So whether – now – Still plenty to play for heading into the conference tournament. But Memphis wins today, Michael. They're in. That's my yeah, assumption. I mean, they, beat, they beat Houston by 10 in the last game on Houston's court. You know, and then they, they stubbed their toe last uh, two weeks ago uh, when they lose to SMU uh, in Dallas. So, look, they've come back. They've won three in a row since then, and they've dominated all three games. This is a big one. I mean, I think if they get this one, they've got to get in. And what they do when they get in, I don't know. 
But they've had some bad losses. They've had terrible losses. They've had three and four quadrant losses. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Murray State beat them by a bucket. I mean, USF beat them. SMU's beaten them twice. And you you had SMU on that inboard. Are they going to? I mean, SMU has beaten them twice. By the way, that number today, Houston's lane two. Open two, it's up to three at Memphis. To Michael's point, the quad three and four losses for Memphis have been killers this year. You know, that's interesting. Yesterday with North Carolina as well, they hadn't had that great quad one win yesterday. I had a man going into that Duke game, to be fair, Michael, North Carolina, but the Duke win automatically. Got to seal it, right? Yeah, that seals it. You know, a team that's been bitten. How about uh, Indiana? Indiana was in it yesterday at Purdue. They lost to Rutgers, yeah, Rutgers midweek. So Rutgers jumps up to potentially in. But Indiana has had these, you know, one-point, two-point losses that have just absolutely crippled their chances. You know, some of these teams like Indiana is going to have to win two, three games in the Big Ten tournament to potentially get in and get an at-large bid. And the Big Ten tournament wraps up minutes before Selection Sunday, minutes before that show. So the committee is going to be analyzing this as we get closer and closer to March 13th there. Look, I will say this about Indiana. They're, they're very inconsistent, but their defense with Mike Woodson Great. has been really the best defense in the Big Ten. There's no doubt. They can guard. They can stay in front of their play. They can stay in front of the offense. And, and they play hard. They're not great offensively. There's no doubt. They're so inconsistent, but they can guard. Absolutely. And we were just talking about, you know, the conferences. Uh, Wisconsin has a chance to wrap up the Big Ten today as they host Nebraska. Nebraska, as you know, is a disaster. So we shall see as far as the Big Ten's concerned. Michigan, that's a huge, huge game in Columbus today. Uh, we'll talk to Will Hill coming up in just a little bit about that. 24-20 matchup with Iowa at Illinois. Both teams obviously in the dance already. Conference tournament time is upon us. We're going to have to find out what happened at this coaches conference as well. Did, did we, the net, we haven't heard from you as far as Amari Cooper, no longer a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, we which could we're talk get about to. Amari. Oh, there's, yeah, I've got, we got a bunch of, oh, you yeah. got some I, nuggets I, I, for I've us. my ear on the grind. You got, you got some nuggets coming up with Michael Lombardi. We'll get into the NFL as well and continue with college basketball talk next here in Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Express Bet First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1000 bonus. Visit vsin.com/horses for details. And when you do use the bonus code Vegas1000. Great to have Michael Lombardi back there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Just quickly, of course, 32 conference champs as far as the tournaments. They're going to punch their tickets over the next uh, seven days-ish. And then 36 auto bids. The first to punch their ticket out of the Ohio Valley yesterday, aforementioned Murray State. That's good for the bubble. Today, Big South, two more teams, Michael, are going to punch their ticket. Out of the Big South, you got a 1-2 matchup. The one seed Longwood and Winthrop. Winthrop right now, uh, open two and a half, lane two and a half, and then actually a very good matchup. Loyola Chicago, who kind of struggled down the stretch, and Drake, that is a 3-4 matchup. Loyola, Loyola Chicago, pardon me, open five, they're lane five. So of those four teams, two more teams will be dancing uh, at some point today to make it three of the 32 conference champions there, Michael. You know, and the highest-ranked team in the conference, Patrick, according to Ken Palm, is Northern Iowa. Yes. Yep. Which is surprising. You know, Northern Iowa is a really good offensive team. 
you know, they're, they're not quite as good defensively. They're in the middle of the pack defensively. But this will be interesting. Missouri State's another team that, that are they are going to get in. I mean, they're 23-10, and 10, and they've got three, two really good – Mosley and Prim are really good players for them in the conference. So, I mean, the, even though, you know, we talk about these other – Missouri Valley Conference, they've got some really good players in there, and they've got some good teams. And Missouri Valley's a, a really good conference, and that's what I mentioned, taking a step up – Murray State's going to join that conference next year, which helps them as far as their resume and cachet. Look, over the past couple of years, the selection committee has been favorable towards the power conferences, to be fair. I, I, I know some of the smaller conferences feel like they've been slighted. We do like to see those Cinderella's get in and have a chance to dance. Um, so I'd be, I'd be dubious. You get, I'd just focus on this. If you're not one of those power conferences, win your conference championship. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. I Although I would hate to have to play Murray State in the opening round. Murray if I State's was a team. tremendous. You know, I would have to play them. They've got three really good players in Williams, Brown, and Hill, you know, and, and they're really good offensively. They're fun to watch offensively. And then what I think gets caught underneath the carpet a little bit is their defense. I mean, they're the best team defensively in the conference. I mean, their, their defensive efficiency is, is really, really impressive. And they defend the three-point line. And they've got senior leadership. They've got upperclassmen leadership, I should say. I, I don't think I would want to play them. I, I really wouldn't. I would be concerned about having to come out there and yeah. think, oh, gosh. You know, now they, you know, back in before Christmas, they lost to Auburn by 13. It was a good game, but they lost to Auburn. They haven't lost since that Auburn loss. I know. And I think it's a great team to point out because it's, look, I think they get an at-large even if they lose yesterday to Moorhead State. But some say, well, they needed to win their conference, that, you know, the tournament doesn't favor the Ohio Valley well. I mean, you're 30-2, and two, you're ranked, you're going to get in the dances in at-large if you lose in your conference. Yeah, I mean, all you can do final. is play the teams in your conference, right? You know, yeah, I know Campbellsville isn't a great team and you played them, but, you know, I mean, you beat, you beat, when you beat Memphis, they were the 36th best team in the country. You know, Belmont is is supposed to be a good team at some point, and you beat them convincingly twice. Yep. Where does Ken Palm, just out of curiosity, where does Ken Palm have Murray State? I bring up Ken Palm because the selection committee, they use a different they use different metrics. Net is the one that is focused on lately, but they also use Ken Pomroy's statistics. And, you know, um, as far as he's placing got him in the top large. 30, he's got them at uh, 27. He's got North Carolina yeah, got today, which I think, as you said earlier, automatically gets into the tournament. At, at You know, they're already in. But he's got them at 27th, slightly above Virginia Tech and Boise State. Yeah, North Carolina wraps up the three-seed in the ACC conference tourney with the win yesterday. I got them in even if they lose in the first round. We shall see. That's what makes this fascinating with the 36 at-large at, at bids that the selection committee has to debate over. Uh just quickly, just to turn, we're going to get Will Hill and I know he has a bunch of NBA plays. I did want to bring up a loss. How much does Harden matter to that team, huh? Oh, that, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> it was like. You know, it's, they're not the same team, with, especially, you know, Butler and, and Hero, the way they shot. And, and I mean, look, Maxi was sensational the other night against Cleveland. You know, he put 35 and he really took the game over. The, and, and I think that I, I, I'm really somewhat impressed that Embiid's playing back to back now. I mean, that's kind he's of remarkable, shape. right? He's in shape, and he's motivated. You know, um, it was really remarkable. How about LeBron last night going off on 50? I mean, where did that come from, Patrick? LeBron went, Will Hill talk to him? He went off for <laughs> – give him a pep talk. He went off for 56 and a comeback win over the Warriors, LeBron, last night. That's the highest – as far as point total as a Laker. However, 
They're still 28 and 35. They're ninth in the West. They've lost 11 of 14, and they hate Russell Westbrook. Have you seen what's yeah, been they happening? Him. They're ignoring him uh, completely. They're playing Mean Girl with him, and they're begging <laughs> Vogel to bring him off the bench, and Vogel keeps starting him. I mean, it's a be- yeah. it's a it's an ugly look right now with the Lakers. Well, it's, it's an ugly t- it's an ugly team that the, the the problem with the Lakers simply is the design. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's complaining about the production. But, you know, we have to understand that when you're a general manager and you're putting teams together, the design affects the production. And this was poorly a poorly designed team, partly because of their general manager, LeBron. He wanted it this way. I mean, think about Austin Reeves is starting at point guard. for the. I, I loved Austin Reeves last year in the, in the tournament. I really did. Yeah. I thought he was great. You know, he's from Norman, Oklahoma. You know, he, how he got – you know, I watched him at Oklahoma last year playing for Lon Kruger. Uh, and, I mean, he doesn't even get drafted, and he ends up starting for the Lakers. Now, you say, well, they misevaluate him. I'm sure they did. He's playing 34 minutes as point guard for the team. Is that is? And, and I like the player. I'm not complaining about the player. I, I would wish the 76ers would have signed him because he was a point guard. He had, he had a unique ability to play. He had instincts and all that. But it, to me, there's just the, the design of this. When you're getting a guy who you don't even draft is part of you're supposed to be a championship caliber team, and he's playing 34 minutes as a rookie, what does that tell you about your team? LeBron is an all-time great. He's not Jerry West as a front office exec. I think we can say that because the way he's no, constructed no this team. It, it's it's and, and a house of cards. You know, one and then thing they goes bring wrong. DJ Augustine back. They bring Augustine back. I mean, how many teams is Augustine? I mean, Shout to DJ Augustine. Must Augustine. Have two shelves. Still clocking checks. Still, I think he was drafted out of Texas by your boy Larry Brown at the time. I'll have to go and Google that. Larry Brown yeah, loved him coming out of college. Right. Uh, that's so funny you brought up DJ. I mean, Larry Augustine. loves drafting. Larry loved drafting. Po- I mean, remember Speedy Claxon from Hofstra? He loves to draft guards. him. You're right. Um, the aforementioned 76ers Heat, the Heat who are rolling. I mentioned they have a weak schedule on the way out. They play 11 of their next 12 at home, which is a scheduling anomaly. But there you see it. Uh, obviously cover the five and a half, 99-82 over Michael's 76ers. But they didn't have Harden. And Harden has set out the last two with that hammy which just basically means, I don't know, because the hammy was fine when he came back, and now he's banged up a little bit. I wouldn't look, read too much into it. Well, Maxie they said was, it was a maintenance thing. He played against the Cavs Friday night, but then he didn't play oh, Saturday okay. night. Gotcha. He didn't play last So night. he played Friday night. They didn't play Saturday. They said it was a maintenance. This is kind of what they want to do to get him back into shape. But, look, I think at the end of the day, you know, the Sixers bench, they put Korkmaz in the starting lineup. Korkmaz has been a complete – unfiltered disaster for this team <laughs> since Harden showed up. I mean, I don't think he could throw it in the ocean right now. He has been a complete disaster. And, you know, and they can't get any spacing. He's 0 for 4 from the three-point line last night. I mean, he goes in there. Doc played him 22 minutes, but it, 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 no matter how many minutes he plays him, he hasn't played well, and they didn't shoot well. I mean, last night they shot 34% from the floor. They shot 17% from the three-point line. A lot of that has to do with the Miami defense. You know, that's a Interesting point you bring up with Korkmaz because the question in the backcourt was could Maxi and Harden coexist? Maxi has thrived with Harden. Korkmaz has went the other way. They're, those guys are going to yeah. have open threes and they got to hit them. Um, Korkmaz and Tobias Harris have struggled. I mean, Tobias Harris was six of fifteen from the floor, you know, and and he had and it was minus ten in the in in, in the plus minus column. So you know, I mean, he was playing better. And then Embiid didn't play well last night. Embiid was 4 15. He had 14 free throws. He made them all. But that was it. And and the thing that you got to give the Heat tons of credit for is the Sixers only shot 23 free throws last night. 
and Embiid had 14 of them. So they, they were doing their best to make sure no one else got to the line. You know, and, and Maxi went to the line and he missed both free throws. But nobody else was getting consistently to the line. And it wasn't until Isaiah Joe came in when the game's over. He went to the line three times. So they only put him on the line 20 times, 14 of them from a beat. They play, my point here is they play defense without fouling. And here's another point. Now the Heat go up three in the Eastern Conference over the 76ers. I mentioned the easy schedule. And they're going to get Victor Oladipo back maybe this week. So think about that. We talked about the, the Miami Heat getting healthy. Getting Oladipo back in that backcourt is going to be big for them. Gives them another scoring threat. Um, it'll, he, the right Heat are now, a good team. If, if, if we went to the playoffs, right, if we went to the playoffs and you have – it takes eight teams, right? The, is it eight or, or are they going with ten? No, they're going eight. Now, remember, seven through ten playing the play-in. Right. But but just say it, it just say it's Brooklyn's eight right now. I mean Miami plays Brooklyn in the opener. Wow. <laughs> Do you really want to be the one seed? Speaking of which, the two marquee games today you got a finals rematch with the Suns at the Bucks, but you're at you just mentioned Harden, who came back on Thursday in a loss to Miami. The Nets are at the Celtics today. That's a great matchup. And right yeah, now and, the and Celtics still are still no sighting of the great Ben Ben Simmons, correct? <laughs> no sighting. Kyrie and Harden will play together today in Boston, though. Will Hill next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks paid for in free bets. Just use the bonus code VSIN200. That's important, V-S-I-N 200. And again, new customers, bet 200 bucks. A three-pointer is hit. You win 200 paid for in free bets. Also, you'll get the comps for MGM Resorts nationwide. MGM, King of Sportsbooks, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. So download the app or go to betmgm.com and use the bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets. Again, all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have a problem. Okay, we're going to get Will on in the next hour as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Uh, 
wanted to transition to that cowboy conversation that we were going to have, but quickly wanted to mention, Michael, you talked about Ben Simmons. I saw I, great pictures of him walking around Brooklyn. I don't know Good. if they're expecting him to come back anytime soon, but the Nets well, and Harden and Irving will play in Boston tonight. Well, and then they play the 10th, so today's Sunday. So Thursday night they play the 76ers in Philadelphia. I can't imagine he's coming no. for that one. <laughs> I didn't realize I the schedule. Imagine. I didn't realize the schedule set up that way. Uh, no, yeah. he won't. It, look. We don't want to minimalize anything that's happening with somebody emotionally. But if there is some emotion going on, he will not be playing in Philadelphia because those Philadelphia teammates do not like him at all. Pretty much you could see that. You could see by their enthusiasm. And as you said, obviously, the other night, Miami, look, you know, the more we watch Miami play, their defense is improving. Their numbers are going through the roof uh, when you see them and you look at look at all the statistical data, how they play in defense and everything. I think, you know, it's it's been one of those, they are doing exactly what we talk about during the season, which is, you know, our team's getting better, you know, and I think clearly Miami is a team that's getting better. And you could see it on the court. And now that they're healthy and they didn't even have, you know, we talk about the Sixers didn't have Harden, they didn't have Lowry. Mm -hmm. I mean, Miami right now is, I mean, what they're doing is they've jumped a bunch of teams in terms of the rankings, and they're third overall. You know, their offense is seventh. Their defense is fifth. You know, in the last last two weeks, they've been really good. Their point differential the last two weeks is, is fourth in the league. They're plus 10-7 the last two weeks in point differential. Their defense is fourth, and their offense is ninth. I mean, they're, they're, they're averaging 117.7 points a game and giving up 106. You know, You've been talking about the Celtic team. They're they just they won four or five. They beat beat Memphis on Thursday, where Jaw went off one twenty one oh seven. What's important there? The one oh seven Memphis scored because Memphis is a great offensive team. The Celtics are balling on defense, man. I mean, they really are, and they they're beat the, up. Go ahead, please. Well, they're the best defensive team right now in the league at one hundred six point three. You know, and, and Phoenix is just slightly behind them at 106. Now, Phoenix is really good offensively, too, at 115.5. But, look, I think this – I mean, two teams that we don't talk about in the East, Miami and Boston, are playing better than – now, we know Brooklyn doesn't have all their guys and, – and Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia has to match that level. The way Philly played against Cleveland the other night, giving up that many points, especially in the first quarter, you got to feel like they've got a long way to go defensively. You know, the Nets, depending on what book you look at, whether they're tied with the Bucks or favorites, I got a book right here. The Nets are plus 275 to come out of the East. The Nets are 32 and 32. They're the eighth seed in the East, and they're still favored at the books. That just shows you what the regular season means in the NBA. I mean, seriously. And I understand this is a great situational spot for betters. They're going to get some points today in Boston because it's Irving and 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 and. and Durant together we haven't seen this combination I mean that this is why they're favored because of those two and potentially getting Simmons back it, it'll be interesting to see when they play you know as they play Milwaukee and how Milwaukee you know Milwaukee has been very good the last couple of weeks offensively they've averaged over 121 points you know their defense is really what's been slipping and that's been really the problem. I mean, they haven't been playing as well defensively, and a lot of it is, I think, because of Lopez and some of the advantages teams could take on them. But, you know, I think there's no doubt that, uh, you know, Brooklyn getting – that nobody feels like home court matters the way they're playing during the regular season. 
And it's important. You got Boston laying four and a half, playing great, as I mentioned. It, it's important. And remember, Boston got off to a slow start. It, you look at the metrics to understand the market. And with Dur Durant and Irving in the lineup together, they're outscoring teams by almost 11 points per 100 possessions. Per 100 is what you use when capping. And 11 points per 100 is, I mean, that is, that, they're just a different team. Now, they lost in Durant's return on Thursday. He had 31 points. Um, but again, that, that was no Irving in the matchup then on Thursday. When right. they lost and, to the and both teams are on two days rest, right? Both teams are on two days rest. And I think, you know, Brooklyn, and, and again, a lot of Brooklyn numbers, you've got to almost throw out the window. I mean, Boston is the number one defense, as I mentioned, in terms of points per possession. Brooklyn's offense is 11th. And where I think really when you watch Boston and one of the numbers that JVT kind of has educated me is this E field goal percentage, which Boston's the best team oh, in the league great. in that area. They're great. You know, and so and and they're able to play really good rim protection. I mean, I think that's really, really what they they, they excel at. I mean, is they're good around the rim. They defend you around the rim and they're third in the they're third in the league in that, whereas Brooklyn is not very good in defense around the rim. I would like to note that when the Celtics, even more impressive, when they beat the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday, Jalen Brown didn't play. Jason Tatum right. has been playing like an MVP. I mean, T Tatum is taking his game to another level. And as you mentioned, that coach has got him buying in defensively. Boston leads the season series 2-1. to one. Uh, They beat Brooklyn in Brooklyn on February 24th, 129-106. Again, Brooklyn was completely depleted. Uh, but tonight's going to be an interesting game. Brooklyn's catching four and a half. You know, I think the other thing why I like Boston so much is is when you break down all their numbers and you you separate regular season and the postseason like we have to do, right? We saw the Sixers last year were the best team in the regular season. They got eliminated by the Hawks in in the second round. It is what what are you doing defensively in the half court set, right? Points per play in half court, and Boston's the number one team there. Boston is the number one team in that area. Their defense is outstanding. You know, their offensive rebounding is really good. So they're, they're able to play a level that, that translates into a playoffs atmosphere, which I think is going to help them. Give you props because you were on Boston before, you know, everybody kind of caught up. They were playing well. The advanced numbers looked good for Boston. Now it's fully uh, coming together on the court. Quickly, the Suns-Bucks today, a rematch of last year's finals. Remember, the Suns won the first two. Uh, the Bucks then swept the next four to win a championship last year. A couple of notes here. One, the Bucks are playing great. They've won three straight. Uh, Giannis is going nuts on Friday mm -hmm. at 34-16-5. This is important. This is the NBA. No Devin Booker, no Chris Paul today. The game doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it matters for a handicapper, but it doesn't matter from an entertainment perspective. The two best player, players on the Suns are out. And, and Booker's really not in COVID protocols. He's just sick, or does he have COVID? It's nebulous. I'll put it that way. Hey, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get a read on that. You know, we've, you know I, I don't know where that one is, so that's hard for me to, uh, to, to, to understand. But, look, these usually are. I mean, the last time they played them in, in, in earlier this month, Phoenix blew them out 131 to 107. So, you know, I, I don't know what that means. But in the last eight games, Milwaukee's six, two and six against the spread. Just, I don't, again, I don't know because who's playing, what does that mean? And Phoenix, we know this. I think Phoenix numbers are more important to us as a better. They're two and five in the last, against the spread in the last seven games. And to your point, February 10th, 
everybody healthy, but mostly, and Phoenix won 131-107 against Milwaukee. That was in Phoenix. Aiton was great in the game at 27 points. Now, Aiton, that, sh- that stands what we've discussed, and that is Milwaukee lacking size. However, good news on Brooke Lopez and for Bucks backers. It looks like he's going to start five-on-five drills coming up potentially this week. So getting Brooke Lopez back is going to be huge. Connaughton coming back would be huge as well. Yeah, they, they, they need, they, you know, one thing about this thing is you're going to need all your pieces together. You just can't really get it going without, without everybody. I mean, look, nobody has enough depth. And the teams, when they play all their guys, like when Brooklyn has all their guys, if they get – will they get Harris back? That's, the, that's what I can't seem to find out. Is he gone for the year? Harris, I believe, gone for the year. Let me just yeah. double-check for that, you. That's, that's huge for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you – and we, talk, we kid about Simmons, but have you heard anything about – No. No, I was asking the coaches yesterday because, you know, they're, they're wired to the NBA as much as anybody. they got players all over, so – but they haven't heard anything. I don't know how it's going. You know, I don't know how it's – how he's, his conditioning is coming along. I just – you know, I mean, to me, I, I, I know he's going – whatever the mental health issues are. I understand all that, but I, I would thought that, you know, conditioning wouldn't have been his problem, but he's had a back issue, I guess. Yeah. Just to confirm, Joe Harris is going to miss the remainder of the season. I think most would say in that series of the Brooklyn Milwaukee series last year, he missed that series as well because he missed every three pointer he attempted. Remember that <laughs> when they had yeah. an opportunity, you know, he was for course, he was playing like course. He was, he in that was, series. He was, I mean, that's what he looked Cork-Maz. like. He looked like Corky. He looked like Corky. Corky has struggled down the stretch here. We could get a little NFL talk next here. Lombardi line. At bed, three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.